Welcome to the Anxious Pastor Podcast, a podcast where I talk about life, stress, worry, and depression, not as an expert, but as a person who deals with this stuff every day. My name's Aaron Lee, and I'm a pastor out of Louisville, Kentucky. My goal is that you don't feel alone in this struggle and that we figure it out together. Let's get trying. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Anxious Pastor Podcast. I'm so excited to share this podcast with you. And this is really the starting off point. If you want to get to know what this podcast is all about, this is the place to start. It's really, really important to check and listen to this uh this episode so you can hear the heart, the why behind why we do and why I'm doing this podcast. And so again, my name is Aaron Lee. I'm a pastor out of Louisville, Kentucky, and I've had a couple of people ask me some questions in regards to this podcast. The first question I've been asked is, why the anxious pastor? Well, it's as simple as I'm a pastor and I'm anxious. That's it. (laughs) <laughs> no, the big thing about uh, this podcast is I'm somebody who is a pastor for a living, but deals with anxiety on an everyday basis. And my heart behind this is to share uh, some of the things that work for me and maybe uh, might work for you or or maybe haven't worked for me and just be able to share that journey and invite people along uh, for the process. I've also had the question asked, why a rooster crow? Well, I I just assume when I hear rooster, I think chicken. And when I think chicken, I think being scared of stuff. And when I think being scared of stuff, I think of anxiety. And that's about as deep as I go with it. So, uh, I mean, I hope that makes sense. But for me, it it was just uh, a fun little image to add to the podcast. And so that's why you'll hear a rooster crow. And on our, our logo, you'll see a rooster um, just don't overthink it. It's it's meant to be fun. Meant to be fun. Well, why in the world would you care uh, what I have to say? And I, I think it's like I said, I, I'm somebody who deals with anxiety on a regular basis, and really just wants wants to share my journey and share uh, in others' journeys together. And so the the thing is, though, I'm not a counselor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a pastor who deals with anxiety, and so. My goal really in my life is to just keep trying, uh, to to keep going, to keep working. And so I, I just hope that we can work together to figure this thing out because uh, it's something I think a lot of people deal with and we don't really talk about enough. And so I hope that this is an encouragement to you. But one of the things I, I believe is very valuable in maybe, I hate to use the word buy-in, But why would you care what I have to say? Well, I think it's important for you to know a little bit about my past and why I am the way I am today. Why do I deal with anxiety today? And so what I want to do is take a little time to share that with you, share my story of anxiety and my past and just where all that came from, what birthed out of that and where I'm at today. So I'm going to jump back many years uh, to uh, when I was a young, young toddler man in the, the hills of southwestern Virginia, which is where I'm originally from. Um, so growing up as a, as a kid, I didn't talk very much. My, my mom would try often to get me to talk more, 
but I was just very shy. I didn't, I didn't want to talk. And, uh, we joke in my family, my sister loves to talk. And so she, she talked for me. Um, sis, don't feel bad about that. Uh, I appreciate you, um, doing it for me, even uh, if I didn't like it at the time. But, uh, the cool thing about it is, is that I have an awesome family who's just been uh, a real encouragement to me. So, as uh, as I got to the point where I was going to school for the first time, uh, people found that my shyness and my um, timidness was something that they could pick at. And so I spent probably the first six years of my educational journey um, being picked on as a kid, being being mocked and made fun of, and so much so that it, it became a huge part of forming uh, my identity and really my defense system that uh, got put in place as a kid. Now, I remember just a couple of things uh, specifically about the season in my life. I remember feeling like everybody was against me, feeling like uh, no one in the school really liked me. I mean, so much that I had teachers make fun of me. I had parents make fun of me. And people that I thought were my friends, and I wanted to be my friends, they made fun of me too. And what that did was it just continued to create paranoia and anxiety in my life, which really caused a lot of uh, fear, a lot of, mis, uh, uh, I guess, distrust in people. And so what I found that happened was as I grew up and got older, it was just harder and harder to have meaningful and strong relationships. Before I get to all that, as as I got into uh, the finished up my fifth grade year, we found out that the school that I was in was going to be closing down. And from that point, we were, I was going to be going to a new school. And that was really great because I needed something new. I was in that um, that season of my life where I was starting to become a young man. And that was that was a big thing. And so I went to a different school and it was just a, a great chance for me to start over, make new friends and just go into an environment where I, nobody really knew a whole lot about my, my struggle with being made fun of. So as I went to this new school, I, I'm, as I said, I made a bunch of new friends and it was, it was really great. But what I found was I also started to form my identity in um, something that was introduced to me probably around my eighth grade year. And uh, this is something that's kind of taboo in the in the world uh, to talk about different different angles. But for me, I, I just feel like to know my journey, to know my story, you need to understand uh, what I dealt with. I got introduced to pornography when I was in eighth grade. And from that point, I spent probably, I, I believe after uh, thinking back and looking back, I spent from eighth grade all the way up until the first couple years of my marriage dealing with an, a porn addiction. So much so that I spent two years in counseling um, with the support of my wife to work through that. And that's that's a beautiful thing. Not everybody gets to have such a gracious and loving wife like I have, but she's been so supportive and such a huge help in, in getting me through all that. And so I'm very, very thankful for where I am today in that regard. Um, and so the pornography stuff was something that I used to medicate myself. And I think 
a lot of us have heard that term being used. I think it's seen a lot when uh, we tend to overeat or we just try to eat our feelings away. Uh, anger is another way we we tend to just lash out in in our frustrations. I, there's so many habits from from excessive shopping to to pornography to obsession over cars. There's all sorts of things out there that tend to um, medicate us and make us feel better. And that's really what was happening in my life. I was using pornography to help me feel better, to help me be more um, able to deal with people or not deal with people. Um, It just made me feel better about not uh, having to invest that deeply into relationships. And so as I went through counseling, I learned that. But what what I found is an underlining thing that I, I would assume is what I would call a defense mechanism is my anxiety that come out of it. Um, I have probably the, the best way to describe it is severe social anxiety. So if I find myself in an environment where I am just absolutely um, overwhelmed, then I have a really hard time with what to do with my feelings. So much so that just a few days ago, even, uh, I was at a, a kid's birthday party, one of our one of our friends' uh, kid's birthday party. I told my wife, listen, like I cannot be here any longer. It's nothing against anyone here. I love all these people. But I'm just so overwhelmed that I cannot physically be here. And so I had to leave. And that's something that happens pretty often and I deal with on a regular basis. And so the enemy tends to sneak in and and uh, whisper things to, to get me to pull myself out of community, which I will say, I don't care what you believe, you need to have someone by your side through um, struggles like this. And so that's what I've dealt with. And so having my wife walk with me through these struggles, through the addiction I dealt with for so many years has been huge. And then I have a best friend named Brian who's done the same thing, walking, being an accountability to me and help pushing me to see maybe a voice of reason to see what God wants me to see in my life that the, that the enemy doesn't want me to see in my life. And that's that um, I'm loved and that people uh, do care about me. And I think all of that just roots back as I go back to my childhood and feeling like I wasn't good enough, not accepted by people. And then I find myself hurting and lost. And so I just try to medicate that feeling. And so that is that is really uh, my heart and my story leading up to this point. Um, I have three boys now who are incredible, but I also... Uh, I'm working really hard that I don't throw that off onto them. I don't want them to see that um, my anxiety is something that they should adapt in their lives. They're still very young, and this is a great chance for me to lead them in the right way. Um, and But I also want to be real with them. Uh, that's something that you'll find for me in this podcast is how important it is to be real and honest because we don't do a very good job with that. And so uh, my heart is that I'm able to share real things uh, and share uh, real discussions. And that's that's where I'm at with my boys, too. I want to be able to do that, be able to share those real things with them as well. 
And so uh, that is, that's kind of my story. And I just felt like it was really important. Oh, obviously there's so much more to it and, and I'll dig into it as we go, but I wanted you to see that there are big chunks of my life that doesn't make me perfect, doesn't make me an expert even, but the whole idea is to keep trying and to keep working along this journey. And I would love to invite you as a part of that. And so we're going to be talking about lots of different things. If you're a pastor, we'll talk about pastor specific things. If you are married, we'll talk about marriage. I'm going to bring my wife onto this and we're going to talk back and forth about how it affects our marriage, uh, parenting. I'll do the same with my wife. We'll talk about how it affects our kids. Um, if anybody drives, I mean, come on, you can't have you can't not have anxiety just driving on the interstate. Come on. Uh, so we'll talk about silly things like that, but they're real things that everybody deals with on a regular ba- uh, regular basis. And so I hope that as we go along that I can invite you into opportunities to share input for future episodes, things that you deal with that maybe we're not talking about. And that's that's really the heart behind this is that we're creating a community. Uh, that it's not just me, but it's a community of people that are working together uh, to try uh, to keep moving and that we're not alone in this. And so that is what the Anxious Pastor Podcast is all about. And so if you wouldn't mind, if if you feel compelled, we I would love for you to join me in this. And so subscribe to our podcast, uh, review it. Hopefully it'll be a good review, not a bad review. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Anxious Pastor, and we're just going to jump into several episodes as we go and just talk about real life things, and I hope that it's a help to you, and so let's get trying. <laughs>